courtroom to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about all truth. Talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ. Talking about the work of the ministry. Present proceeding word, which is all truth, not partial truth, not Pentecostal truth. You take a look at what Jesus stated in John 16 when he talked about that he was going to come again and that those in Matthew 16 that stood with him there would not taste of death until they saw the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. To see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, they thought that Jesus was returning or going to set up his kingdom right then. Not realizing that the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation whether they say low here or low there, but it's within you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that kingdom of God, which is not meat and drink, but righteous peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, is what Jesus was talking about. But how much truth do we have to have? And if we just simply, simply ask Jesus to come into our heart and we're saved and that's it, eternal salvation by a repentance? Or do we have to go on sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth? And how much truth? Well, the question is answered by Jesus himself in John 16. Now, Jesus, when he was with the disciples, he is the Spirit of God, the Father of glory, and made himself of no reputation. That is the kenosis. And literally made himself of no reputation, not some, but no reputation, to not work as spirit, but to work as a man. Simply because a man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. We have to have our kinsman redeemer. He did that. In the days of his flesh, there he was under his own law. And glorifying his own person back to himself, thereby working redemption for us that were under the law. Now, how much truth has he given us? How much do we need to know and obey to be considered holy, even as he is holy. Now, that's a question of life. And everyone has a different perspective. The different denominations and say, well, you simply get born again, and that's it. But there's different uh, uh, theologies on how to be born again. Some just say, well, ask Jesus to come into your heart, and you're born again. Others say, well, no, you have to say the sinner's prayer to be born again. Then it's just repentance. And they say repentance is salvation. But the more we explore the word, the more we find that it requires much more than that in obedience, not through our own works, but obedience to what he's done, what the Lord Jesus he did in the days of his flesh, showing us the way, the truth, and the life. To do that, then we have to be obedient unto his voice, unto the same image of Jesus Christ. He told us that. And that we must be perfect even as our Father which in heaven is perfect. And Jesus in the days of his flesh prayed that prayer in John 17, the Father make him one even as we are one. There, as I'm in you and you and me, let them be made perfect in one. Then he goes on and says that that where I am, there they may be also, and see my glory. Now, we're to obtain that glory. And God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure 
in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. The excellency of that power works for us a more eternal and exceeding weight of glory, which is for our light affliction, being made comfortable to Jesus' suffering, that we also will reign with him. In John 16, Jesus states the truth there. Now, he's been with his disciples in the days of his flesh, and he states, I will pray the Father to send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive, because it saith him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Shall be in you. Will come to you, not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Well, Jesus did on the day of Pentecost when he stated in Matthew 16, some of you standing here shall not taste of death until you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Son of Man is the kingdom office. You'll see that in Daniel 7:13. He comes to the ancient of days there and receives a kingdom of which there'll be no end and a dominion that is forever. There is Daniel 7:13, the first mention of the Son of Man. They're coming to the Ancient of Days in the book of Daniel. We also see again that Jesus' favorite saying of himself, sometimes speaking of him in the third person, was the Son of Man. And he said, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? The Son of God is the Son of Man. When the Son of God is the redemption office of the Spirit. That is... The Son of Man has two components. Number one, he is that Spirit of God without measure. Two, manifest in the days of his flesh in a body of flesh and blood just like us. For as much then as the children protect us of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. God did, took part of the same. In all things, he was made like unto his brethren. Tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. That's Hebrews 2 and Hebrews 4.15. But then... He goes on and says, now it's expedient that I go away. If I go not away, the comfort of the Holy Ghost will not come. Why? Because Jesus said that he must be glorified. He said, out of your belly show flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the spirit which was not yet given, the Holy Ghost which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. He's going back to his former glory. Glorify for the Father's own self with all power in heaven and earth and the power that is the Holy Ghost given now to us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, how much truth do we have to enter into? That's the question. Are we just born again? Ask preachers to come to our heart, say the sinner's prayer, and that's it? Is there more that we have to be sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body? And if that's so, then how much truth do we have to obey under righteousness to receive the peaceable fruits of holiness? Well, let's take a look at what Jesus said. He stated there that I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And he did it on Acts, the second chapter on the day of Pentecost. They were in the upper room. Jesus said, uh, after seeing him alive, after his passion for 40 days, of many as 500 brethren seeing him at one time. Then he says, uh, go into that upper room. Wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. 
that you receive, you shall receive power not many days hence. Now they asked Jesus, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel, the natural kingdom where Israel will be blessed in all nations will be blessed in Israel according to the promise made to Abraham in Genesis 12. Make of Abraham a great nation. In Genesis 15, it's his seed, but the nation of Israel still exists today and will always exist as long as there's a sun, moon, and stars. The covenant with Israel will not be broken. God stated that. Well, they asked, well, at this time, is this what you're going to do? Restore the kingdom to Israel. All the other nations will be blessed in Israel. You're going to give that promise to Israel now that you stated in Genesis 12. And Jesus said, it's not given for you to know the times and seasons that God has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's Jesus' spirit, the promise of the Father, which is the promise of Jesus Christ that in Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth his spirit of his son. Why? Because the son's been glorified. He sent the spirit of his son into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 6. Well, how much truth is this Holy Ghost going to lead us into? The spirit of Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. How much word and obedience do we have to have in order to say and hear the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Let's take a look. Jesus, after he said, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter, and he is that comforter, he is the Holy Ghost, he is that God, the Christ that will be in us, the hope of glory. Then he states, he says there in, in John 6, 16, 13, how be it, when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, not partial truth, all truth. Now, the question is, what is all truth? Well, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. What is all truth? All things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith, there is the righteousness of God by faith, not the works of the law, lest any man should boast but it's the righteousness of God. How did that come to pass? Because he that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteous, righteousness of God in him. Now, he's leading and guiding us into all truth. Now, what is that truth? That we must walk as Jesus walked? That we must come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ? How much truth? Are we just born again, newborn babies, and that's it? No, we go into little children and grown. I write you little children because your sins are forgiven for his namesake, and you've known uh, the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father. That's a higher revelation. But then that's not it. It's not all truth yet. Well, then you go to the next step, and that's young men. That's certainly grown, the Christ in you grown, that inner man grown into the image of Jesus Christ as a young man. And he said, I write you young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. Those are the overcomers. We see that designated in Revelation the second and the third chapter. 
who will hear for this time that we are in the time to come that is now being revealed in the revelation of Jesus Christ. You'll hear many preachers say, oh, we must enter into the glory of the great thing that God's doing. Well, what is it? Well, I know that's something he's going to do. It will be great. Well, what is it? That's what's being revealed. Not just some hyperbole or, or some imagination or a thing that is in our imagination, but the word of God accomplishing that wherein it is sent to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It's not a stretch of imagination. It is things that will certainly come to pass, and it is signified by this angel under John. Things that must shortly come to pass and signified it, certified it, and that is the sealing of it. Notice that Jesus, there him hath God the Father sealed. That is, that he is the truth, the way. He is the light. He is the life and all life that is there in God is in the Son of God, Christ Jesus the Lord. And he's leading us and guiding us not into partial truth not Pentecostal truth. In Pentecost, we saw through a glass darkly. We had knowledge, in part. Tongues had ceased. Prophecies should fail. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away with. Paul stated that. When as a child, let's make it as a child, understand as a child. But when I become a man, I put away childish things. Things that in the faith were only milk of the word and certainly not the strong meat. Now we're in the last days where we are required to be teachers and not on the milk of the word, but on the strong meat of the word, having our senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. And here for this time to come in all truth, not partial truth. And Jesus stated that, and he said, and telling us about all things. The things in the Word of God is the things that it comprises faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. All these things of faith are the attributes of Jesus in his divine nature. We get this not through our own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith, because he has dealt to every man the measure of faith, the measure of faith, a good measure of faith, enabling us to do whatever the purpose and call of God is for each individual member in particular's life. Now, the quest for life is not only to be born again or become little children knowing that he's the father, but to go on and present our bodies a living sacrifice, holding acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, not mind earthly things, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind, getting the mind of Christ, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for each of us is, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in us, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Well, how much then is going to be revealed to us? And Jesus goes on and says, that the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. Why? 
for he shall not speak of himself, not just the spirit. Watch what he says. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will shew you things to come. Show you things to come. What is that? It's a revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants, the servants of God, not the nation of Israel, the servants of God, things which must shortly come to pass. Jesus stated that in John 16, that the Holy Ghost is not speaking of just spirit. There are different functions and offices of the spirit, and every one of those offices are eternal. The Father is the eternal office of the omnipotent, omniscient, that omnipresent, administrative office of the spirit. It's invisible. That's the Father. He's the Father of all spirits. That's Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, 16 to 17, all things were made by Jesus Christ. Whether it be things visible, invisible, thrones, principalities, powers, all things were made by him. There, he is the Father of glory. He is the Word. The Word was made flesh. We see that in Revelation 19, 13. On his vesture dipped in blood, his name is called the Word of God. 1 John 1, verse 1, and he is that Word which we've seen, heard, and handled of the Word of life. Jesus Christ. He is the Holy Ghost. I will not leave you comfortless, Jesus stated. I will come to you. He did that on the day of Pentecost. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Whatever the Holy Ghost hears, he's not speaking of that office in the power office. He's speaking of the Son of God. The Spirit itself, we find, is the Father of glory. That's the administrative office of the Spirit. The Word is the expression office of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of the Spirit. He's not going to speak of the power office. He's not going to speak there, there of the Spirit itself. He's going to speak of me. Jesus said the Son of God in his humiliated state as the Son of God as our kinsman, Redeemer, showing us the way, the truth, and the life. So he expects us to do what he did in the days of his flesh, not spirit, because he, Jesus had worked salvation as spirit. He broke his own law because a man lost it. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. A man lost it, and only a man can redeem us back. Jesus didn't do it as a spirit. He did it as the man, our kinsman redeemer, tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And by doing that, he that was now made the captain of our salvation through what? Through sufferings. Showing us the way, the truth, and life of that cross life, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. Somebody said, well, Jesus paid it all on the cross. It has nothing to do with us in the body of Christ. You better read it again. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross, and come and follow me. A cross, well, that's the whole government of God. You'll see that in Isaiah 9, 5. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, the government of God, shall rest upon his shoulder, singular. The only thing rested on Jesus' shoulder was the cross. He is the wonderful counsel of the mighty God, the everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that government of God is... Uh, the cross, therefore, Paul said, if I glory at all, or glory in the cross. So now that we have to mortify the deeds of the flesh, those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with affections of the lust. 
not setting our mind on the earthly things and conform to the things of this world and loving the world. Anyone love the world if the love of the Father is not in them. But we have to be transformed, that transformation by the renewing of our mind, taking on the mind of Christ. And we see that. Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have to have that same mind, the mind of Christ. To get that has to have a transformation. By the renewing of your mind, it doesn't come instantly. It requires us to diligently seek out and search the Lord our God, search the scriptures, for in them we think we have eternal life, and these are they that Jesus said testify of me. These exceedingly great and precious promises are given to each one of us that we, what, are made partakers of his divine nature, holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, escaping the corruption of the world through lust. That's the only way escapes, not a rapture. It is through holiness and the divine nature of God. And that truth requires us to do the will of God in all truth, not partial truth and all truth. So we see that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. And we, through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth, are to obtain that glory. And that is only through the righteousness of God by faith that he has dealt to everyone the measure of faith. A good measure, not a short measure. Anything that Jesus has called us to do in his purpose and will, he has enabled us to do that by faith that he's already given to us. It's the faith of God that's given to us. Even as Paul stated, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but then who's living, Paul? But Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, how do you live, Paul? I live by the faith that the Son of God, the Son of God, that's the Spirit. The Son of God has come and give us, giving us an understanding of him that is true, and we are in him that is true even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the only true God in eternal life. The Son of God is that Spirit now, the Father manifest in flesh, glorified now in us, the body of Christ, and we are the body of the Christ. When you have that revelation, now you understand Christ, the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. Even as Paul stated, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, and yet I have, but Christ liveth in me. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. To get that spirit, Christ, to us, he had to die, be buried, rise again, and be glorified with the Father's own self. And then, and only then, when Jesus was resurrected, Mary came to the tomb and he, she saw Jesus and grabbed the hold of him. And Jesus said, touch me not. I go to my God, your God, my father and your father because I have not yet been glorified. Resurrection wasn't glorification. Resurrection then, glorification, he had to go to the father. I go to my father. Glorified with the Father's own self, becoming that quickening spirit. And in John 20, 22, as soon as Jesus is glorified, after talking to Mary, he walks to his disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he is that spirit. The man is that spirit. In the days of his flesh, he was made of no reputation, no glory at all to show us the way, the truth, and life as one of us. Flesh and blood. Showing us how 
that captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings, learned obedience through the things which he suffered. Now, that applies, is applicable to us, the body of Christ. He says in 1 Peter 4, 1, For as much then Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. God Almighty suffered for us in the flesh. Made himself of no reputation to become a man. Made an under the law, to redeem us under the law. Arm ourselves with the same mind. That's the mind we're supposed to have. Likewise, be therefore likewise minded. The mind of Christ. For he that is suffering in the flesh has ceased from sin. That is the cross. Paul said then, and I will gladly. What? Glory in all my infirmities. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Realizing that we're troubled on the other side, but not in distress, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in our bodies. The body of Christ, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of the Lord Jesus would be manifest in us. For we which live are always delivered unto death, that the life of our Lord Jesus may be manifested in our mortal bodies. And our light affliction, which only but is only but for a moment. It works for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That's the only way to obtain the glory of God is to crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust. That does not go well with a prosperity gospel that many preach as the truth, thinking that gain is godliness, mammon, money. Many of it thinking that gain is godliness. They think you have a big bank account, that that's God. But that's not so. God has chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith. If riches increase, don't set your heart upon them. But a man that will be rich, seeking Jesus for money, will fall into many hurtful lusts and diverse temptations from such turn away. How much truth are we going into? Well, Jesus states there. He says that, He shall glorify me, Jesus said, the Son of God, the office of the Son of God, the redemption office of the Son of God. For he shall receive of mine and shall show unto you. What does that mean? It means it's progressive. Receive of mine and show it unto you. Whatever the Father speaks, he's going to take and show it unto you. Speaking of the Son of God. Why? Because we are the flesh of God. We are the bone of his bone, flesh of flesh of Christ, the Christ in us. We're not Christ, but Christ is in us. And we are the body of the Christ, and the body is of Christ. And now it's showing there that whatever he hears, he's going to tell us. And that's progressive, going from glory to glory, there by faith to faith and glory to glory. And there is why we press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and woe to be unto them that are at ease in Zion. You never say, I stop, I've got it all. Because at the very time you do, then your own mouth will convict you that and condemn you because we have to go on to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ unto perfection. Striving to enter in at the straight gate. Straight as the gate and there the way to lead of life for you, there be that find it. Why? Because it's progressive. We have to press toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's the reason why Jesus said that he will speak of me and show you things. What things? 
so you things to come. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ in Revelation 1 verse 1. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to him to show unto his servants things, what, that have been, that must shortly come to pass. Those are progressive. And God is doing that now. There again, on the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord visited me saying, seal my people by my word, even as I sent my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Realizing that proceeding word of God is how every man lives thereby, that we were stirred to do these podcasts to reach those that have an ear to hear. Who will hear for this time to come? It's progressive. And uh, these tribulation persecutions that you endure, seeing that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you abounded one toward another. Brethren, Paul said, we're bound to thank God for you and all your tribulations and persecutions that you endure. Why? You're crucifying the flesh with the effects of the lust, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God for which you also suffer. And you which suffer or rest with us. Saying it is a righteous thing to, for God to render tribulation to them that have troubled you. Saying it is a righteous thing with God. This is how the judgment of God works. All God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. The stork knows her appointed time. The crane and swallow observe the time of their coming. Jeremiah 8, 7. But my people know not the judgment of the Lord. It is a judgment of God in the chasing rod of God, to chasing each one of us that we will not be condemned with the world to lead us and guide us into what? All truth. He goes on and says, he shall glorify me. It's progressive. For he shall receive a man and shall show it unto you progression in future tense. All things that the father hath are mine. Therefore, said I, that he shall take of mine progression, walk in the light as he's in the light, that throne room revelation growing more and more to the body of Christ and shall show it unto you. Now he goes on and says, I'll no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I'll show you plainly of the Father. And in that day, it's that day, most what he says, the time cometh that I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I will show you plainly of the Father. That's John 16 and 25. And he goes on at that day, you shall ask in my name. In the name of Jesus, not Father, in the name of Jesus. You're putting Jesus back before the cross. At that day, what glorification? I show you all things. I show you plainly the Father. I show you that resurrection that I am God Almighty, the Father of glory, declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead, Romans 1, 3 and 4. That he is, through that resurrection and glorification, he breathed on his disciples and said, John 20, 22, receive you the Holy Ghost. Why? Because a man is that spirit. He is that Holy Ghost. He is that Father. Somebody said, well, I didn't know that was a Father. It's yes, there's one body, one spirit in whom you're called and one hope of your calling. One Lord, that, that, that spirit, which is uh, that spirit of God, that he said, which is above all, through all, and in us all. Notice that he said, there's one body, one spirit, in whom you're calling the hope, you're calling the word, Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all, the Father of us all. Notice that, the Father of us all and in us all. Well, who's the Father? Christ. 
Well, that Christ is Jesus, yes. And that's in him that all uh, treasures, all treasures of wisdom and knowledge uh, are hid. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You'll see that in Colossians 2, 1 through 9. God's revealing that now to the true, real body of Christ. The ones that are seeking God with their whole heart. And he states that mystery of God and the Father of Christ in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. What is the mystery of God? Well, God is spirit. What's the mystery of the Father? He's spirit. What's the mystery of Christ? Christ is that spirit. There's only one spirit. God, Christ, Father, they are the same. That's what Jesus is revealing now. El male, it was hid before. It said that. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. But now, there's no excuse. It's being revealed by the Holy Ghost, speaking of the Son of God, leading us and guiding us, the body of Christ, in progressive truth unto all truth. And how much is given to us? All things. All things. So we cannot back up on the word of God. Jesus said at that time, the Father himself loves you because you've loved me. Jesus stated that. He that believeth on me said, I believe on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Doesn't believe on him, but on him that sent him. Who sent him? The Father did. Well, who's Jesus? The Father revealed in the body of flesh and blood. So if you believe on Jesus Christ, you don't believe on him, but on him that sent him. That's the revelation of Christ. And that is in 1 John 2.22. He was a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that had denied both the Father. Why? Because Christ is the Father. You see that in Colossians 2.1-9. Christ is God. And you've denied the Son. Why? Because the Son of God is the Father revealed, which is Christ manifest. Christ is that spirit which was manifest in the days of his flesh as a man and went back to that quickening spirit. That's Christ. That's a height, depth, length, and width of Christ. So let's don't be deceived. God's revealing all this now because it's the time of the end that God has shown for this glory in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that they conceal the power might be of God and out of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. That's what he's revealing. Jesus is the Lord. He is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That's the law of liberty of life in Christ Jesus. That's the lead us and guide us into all truth. We walk in that light. We walk in and keep that law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And he says, we all with open face beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Yes, it's progressive, but we will come unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ under perfection, and the Lord then will put in the sickle and reap his harvest uh, and take his harvest into the garner, and we will forever be with the Lord. Let's do not be deceived. Let's walk in the light as he's in the light, and therefore we will have fellowship, blood flow one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Well, this is Brother Dennis Beard. We would love to hear from you. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Better than that, give me a call. Let's work together. God's placing his body, fairly framing together now to those that have an ear on this present truth. 
More truth now revealing than ever before because the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day, Proverbs 4. He's doing it now. And that light has shone forth to every man so that we are without excuse. Write to me. We love to hear from you. Call me. That'll be better. Leave a message. Now, country code is plus one. 903, area code, 746-4885. Again, country code one plus one. Area code 903-746-4885. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you. We have hundreds of phone calls that are coming in weekly. I'll get back to you. The minister's wondering. I will get back to you, especially in India, Africa. We hear you. Now we need to hear from the rest. Do not procrastinate. Call. Leave a message. We will work together in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.